2: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: Mark Hockman. You know what? I might get a breast reduction.
3: Shut up, you jag off. Channing Crowder.
4: You know the spinner?
3: Chicken and cheese is an aphrodisiac. Alejandro Solana. Rudy Go those are your weather
0: you look slightly zooted <laughs> i might have tailgated a little bit sports thursday night football you can watch it on your ring doorbell i had some whoopie in a bunch of waffle house parking lot is milk liquid cow mr unlimited more sports there's pork but sometimes you gotta eat poke it's raining Testicle! The most sports. If you're in a pickle, just call Squickle.
4: What's going on here? I ain't getting no action left The Hawkman and Crowder extravaganza begins now.
0: We got Fangio! I think for real this time. They're not going to announce it until after the Super Bowl because, you know, he works with Philly and they're in the Super Bowl. But Vic Fangio, according to Adam Schefter, has officially now agreed to become the next Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator. And Schefter wrote in after conversations with multiple teams, this was a little bit of a saga here. And by the way, Alex Dono in for Hawk and Crowder today, got my guy, Dan day in for Solana. Solana, I think he's getting an MRI on that problematic knee of his, I mean, that, that knee has been giving him trouble for like three years. So hopefully he gets that sorted out. Uh, so, you know, on Sunday, we thought we had Fangio, and that's why, like, I, I don't know if I'm going to celebrate today. I, I like Fangio, but I just don't know if I can be able to celebrate today because Dan Day, I already celebrated Fangio on Sunday. It's like the, the way when Tom Brady announced his retirement yesterday, he's like, you know, you only have one emotional retirement essay and I did that last year so he didn't do it again he just made a little video about retiring I kind of feel the same way like I had my big Fangio celebration on Sunday then I thought we were getting rug pulled for a couple of days but I already celebrated so I, I'm not going to celebrate it again I've already used up my celebration I'm
3: just wondering why you're celebrating so much a coordinator it's not a head coach or a quarterback or anything like you're throwing a small party yo, i Yo. be like what the hell is going
0: on Uh, you're probably bringing some perspective to the conversation, (laughs) but at the same time, uh, I, I think, I think Vic Fangio is worth celebrating because, uh, as a defensive coordinator, you know, he, he didn't succeed as a head coach in Denver, although the defenses were not the problem. It was the offenses and the whole package that was the problem, not the defenses, but everywhere Fangio has been, his defenses are top 10, if not top five. Like he has had consistent sustained success all over And, you know, he gets to reunite with Bradley Chubb, who he coached at Denver. I'm interested to see how that goes and the master of disguised coverages. So I'm pretty excited. And, you know, Dan, my entire life this week has been about coordinators because I'm waiting for the Miami Hurricanes to hire an offensive coordinator, and I'm I'm practically – hiding in the bushes outside of Mario Cristobal's office. Cause I, I want to see who's coming in and out. Like I I've almost resorted to that. I'm so excited to see who the next offensive coordinator at Miami is going to be. And then with this Fangio thing, yeah, I, I've been excited to see what happens there. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I really cannot wait because the, the Josh Boyer thing, Dan, and we're going to get to Dan day's headlines in a moment here, but you know, I thought it was unfair to Mike McDaniel to, Kind of make him keep Josh Boyer for a year, just because you know you never want to have to work with the holdover from the previous staff. And I know that hey, the way they looked at it was McDaniel's the offensive guy. Let's not mess too much with the defense because the defense was really good under Coach Flores and Josh Boyer was his guy. But I think anytime you're bringing in a head coach, you need to let them go out and get their people. And this Vic Fangio thing probably should have happened a year ago. But I'm happy that it's happening now. And I just want to let you guys know, this is going to be a really busy two o'clock hour of Hawk and Crowder. I'm I'm going to use up all my best material in the 2 p.m. hour. And then we're just going to let Dan Day do day spa from like three until six today. But really, really busy two o'clock hour because we are going to talk some Miami Hurricanes with Gary Furman from Kane Sport at 220. And then at 240, we're going to talk some dolphins and we're going to talk fangs up. Uh, I like that when Tobin says that we're going to talk Fangio with Daniel Oyafusi from the Miami Herald at around 2.40. So I know this is going to come as a shock because usually from 2 to 6 p.m. we're talking about like pancakes and whether a hot dog is a sandwich or not. But I'm going to go hard into the paint with sports, especially in this 2 p.m. hour. So strap yourselves in for that. And, uh, you know, I I do welcome the nonsense that our guy Dan Day can bring. Uh, Before we get to the nonsense, Dan, give me some headlines.
3: Well, I do like how all towards the end of last season we're like, Josh Gaddis, is he fired? Is he not fired? Is he fired? Is he fired? And then all of a sudden he got fired. We weren't very surprised about that. Right. We we were trying to be nice. Let's just put it that way.
0: Yeah, well, especially like, cause I I had I had heard uh, going all the way back to like the first week of December that he was probably going to get fired. Talking about Gaddis, and then when it didn't happen until like the last week of January, I'm thinking like, is am, am I going to have to like look at this guy in the eyes next year and in, in press conferences? God forbid he saw any of the stuff I had to say about him. But now he gone.
3: Well, you knew the writing was on the wall when Nathaniel Hackett got fired, and he was like, Josh Gaddis, you're next. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's never a good sign. Never a good sign. Yeah. Let's get to the headlines from the New Palmetto Ford Truck Super Center. Why buy your truck at a car star? Palmetto Ford. We know trucks. Sunday at noon, ESPN's E60 will release its docu series, "The Perfect Machine," which will take a look at the undefeated 1972 Dolphins.
0: Oh, I can't wait for that. I, I forgot that it was called that. It was. What's that documentary called again? The Perfect Machine.
3: The Perfect Machine.
0: I like that. Um, you know, when I was when I was in uh, in I wasn't born yet in 72. Oh. Uh, I, I Dan might have been I don't know. He's he, Dan Day is either 18 or 118. I somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere someone asked those. me.
3: They're like, how old are you? I like, you ever seen that movie interview with a vampire about those two vampires running around New Orleans? Yeah, that was me. Lesage. I was just having fun back in the day.
0: Yeah. So even though I wasn't around for 72, um, it just like when I when I was in high school. I went through like a phase where I would watch a lot of those games back and a lot of the footage back is they used to do a lot of that through NFL films. Like, I don't know what it was, if it was like ESPN two or ESPN classic, if that was around then, like they, they used to devote a lot of time to, you know, like NFL films and I would watch all about the 72 dolphins team. I was a dolphin fan already. And then I even, uh, I think when I was in college or late high school, I, I read a book about the 72 team. So it's a fascinating story. I mean, completely different era, obviously. But, you know, what they were able to do, even with Bob Greasy missing most of that year, and Earl Morrill was, you know, probably the most reliable backup quarterback of all time, unlike Teddy Bridgewater last year and Jacoby Brissett the year before that. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this documentary.
3: Absolutely. That's going to be a great one. Not too much to do on Sunday, so I'm probably going to watch that. Maybe watch St. Vincent with Bill Murray. I haven't seen that yet on Netflix. Should be a good little afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of good times, Jimmy Butler told the media he expects to play a long time in Miami with teammates Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. Of course, the Heat, they take on the Knicks in New York tonight. Tip is at 730.
0: Yeah, so after hearing that, don't expect Tyler Hero to get traded anytime soon. I don't think anybody was expecting Bam to get traded anytime soon. And and Dan, isn't tonight the night we're going to find out whether Bam gets into the All-Star game or not? Yes, so-
3: tonight on TNT.
0: I, I am prepared to write a strongly worded letter to the NBA if he doesn't get in.
3: So it's so negative. I'm all about it. Like, I can't wait for Bam to get in. I'm positive.
0: I, I, I hope so. I, I don't know, man. I've, Knowing I've you, Donald, hour...
3: we're going to throw a little party at your house, you know. We get an assistant <laughs> coach. We get an uh, offensive, defensive coordinator. Bam gets into the All-Star game. you got crepe paper, like, in your all your garage. is just full of crepe paper and <laughs> table settings.
0: <laughs> That's going to be a good time. What else is going on? <laughs>
3: You're going to like this with the official finish of National Signing Day. The Canes, they finished 7th overall in talent acquisition. They ranked 11th in the transfer portal signings.
0: Yeah, it's it's honestly it's remarkable to finish with a top 7 class coming off of 5 and 7 year. And I love the Hurricanes more than I love certain family members like I, i'm i die hard and yet i admit last season was painful right I, I went to i went to every home game last year i covered every miami hurricanes game and it, the team was not good last year and yet you know you have a head coach who is a maniac for recruiting always has been always will be Miami's got a very competitive NIL situation. I'm not denying the fact that that obviously helps. And, you know, unlike the uh, the little Gator collective, when they promise you something, they actually pay it. Right? They don't promise you $13 million that they can't pay. And so, yeah, it's it's remarkable. Five and seven season, top seven recruiting class. And I like the transfer portal nugget as well because you know I, I see some Canes fans I think are kind of dissatisfied uh, with some of the transfers they brought in and the fact that they only brought in eight guys so far because they can still bring in more transfers. But there's a lot of quality. I mean, Javon Cohen was a starting offensive lineman the last few years at Alabama, hasn't given up a single sack. Matt Lee starting center hasn't given up a single sack he was at UCF doing a great job before uh, Devontae Brown at cornerback Like Dave Francisco Maui Goa linebacker they they brought in some great players so that's as far as the talent acquisition goes they're doing a great job in Coral Gables
3: if Tom Brady's retirement sticks the Dolphins will be the team he lost to the most in his career Miami defeated him 12 out of 36 times that they faced
0: each other the way you phrase that do you, do you think this one's not going to stick? Because I I, I, I think, I think he's I think he's done retiring. Like, this is it. Like, I, I think he's retired, but he's done announcing retiring. I think this is the last one. I think he's going to retire. Did you
3: watch real. that playoff game at the end? Oh, my goodness. It was dead man walking.
0: Yeah. I still would have taken him with the Dolphins. Really? Yeah.
3: A lot of people were like, oh, Sean Payton's coming back to the Saints, and he's going to bring Tom Brady. And people ask me, and I said, what do you think? And everybody agreed with me. They go, we'll take Sean Payton. We don't need Tom Brady. <laughs>
0: No I've had need. an infatuation with Tom. I mean, I, obviously, you know, and, and you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned that the Dolphins beat him more than any other team. So the, the Dolphins had, relatively speaking, a lot of success <laughs> against Brady when he was in New England. Uh, but, like, I, I, you know, I, 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 I always admired him. I could never outright root for Tom because he played for the Patriots most of his career. I did root for him when he got to the Buccaneers. But I'm a longtime admirer. I I have bared witness for the last 23 years. I have bared witness to the greatest professional football player of all time that that he's a huge part of the history of the league and i got to watch his entire career and i feel thankful and blessed for that
3: i don't know how blessed i feel as a dolphins fan that we quote-unquote own tom brady with a thirty three point three 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 percent winning percentage
0: that is a testament to his greatness
3: Right. right i mean that's the thing it's not so much of a bad thing it's more that tom brady is that great and won that many games 33% yeah. 33% we're playing baseball here all of a sudden like whew.
0: yeah that, that's a great batting average
3: <laughs> Get you in the hall of fame right there <laughs>
0: yeah
3: oh I want to mention this former Panthers coach Andrew Burnett was arrested yesterday for DUI suspected DUI Ooh. while driving a golf court in Deerfield Beach Of course, All-Star Weekend is here in South Florida this weekend.
5: What? Uh, Call
0: call me ignorant. I didn't realize that was, uh, I'm not, I would never recommend getting behind the wheel of a golf cart in that state, but I I didn't even know you could get DUIs for that.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can get a DUI on a bicycle, trust me. Really? I found out. No, I mean, I've heard about it. Uh, okay. Here's Didn't the details on the story. At first, I thought he was drunk on a golf course, and I'm like, "What? What's wrong with this course marshal? Like, just tell him to get out the golf course." But apparently, yeah,
0: and that's a great point because if they give DUIs out for <laughs> golf cart drivers, you could go to any golf cart golf course in America. You could lock people up for that. That's
3: entrapment, man. My lawyer, get my yeah. lawyer on that. One. No, but what happened is apparently he and his wife were leaving a dive bar in the middle of the afternoon, and they were getting into the golf cart. And she was even like, "Look, there's police around. You need to not drive." He told her, "Just get in." He ran to stops stop signs allegedly they pulled him over he did not not submit to a field sobriety test so he spent the night in the Broward County lockup which is right there right off Las Olas in downtown Fort Lauderdale I don't know how I know that
0: that is not cool so yeah I uh I, I, I will certainly uh I will certainly condemn those actions
3: with that being said let's go ahead and take a step into the day spa
0: That almost could have been a day spa story right there.
3: I know. I got respect for the man. He did a great job last year, I think, with uh, the Panthers. Yeah, he did. And, and, uh, you know, innocent till proven guilty. So leave it at that. A Seattle woman returned home from work the other day to find her front window smashed in and a burglar taking a bath in her house fully clothed.
0: I don't know why the fact that he was in the bathtub fully clothed is more alarming to me than the fact that he (laughs) broke into her house. Like,
3: I lose a lot of respect, oddly enough, for him that he was fully clothed.
0: Was this a bath salt situation? <laughs> like, uh, I see what I did there? What was, what uh,
3: was oh, oh. Good job. Happy endings for everyone.
0: Uh, so we're, we're going to talk about uh, the Miami Hurricanes offensive coordinator search when we come back. Later this hour, we're going to talk about Fangio apparently actually agreeing to be the Dolphins' defensive coordinator. That happened today. So at 240, we're going to talk with Daniel Oyafusi, who covers the Dolphins. We're going to talk with Gary Furman, who covers the Miami Hurricanes, talk about the OC search when we come back here on the Hawk and Crowder Show. Dono in for Hawk and Crowder. Dan Day in for Solana. AM 560 Sports, WQAM.
4: We apologize.
0: This is the Hawk and Crowder Show. Don't catch no chicken. Don't make no
4: stoop. Hawk and Crowder.
0: Never a dull moment covering the Miami Hurricanes. We are going to go out to the Toyota of Hollywood hotline, shop over 1,500 Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms. It's at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Our next guest is the publisher at canesport.com. I'm sure, you know, his his head has been spinning uh, for months covering Miami uh, the way that mine has. Gary Furman is with us. Gary, good afternoon. How are you, sir?
4: Uh, Alex, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing very well, Gary. And and first things first, uh, Miami's offensive coordinator job has been open for six days, but it feels like it's been open for a month because, you know, people have suspected for a long time that Josh Gattis is going to be out before he was officially relieved uh, last Friday. There's been a lot of speculation on who the next coordinator might be. And I guess the first thing I'll ask you is, do you get any sense for the timetable as to how quickly this job might get
4: filled? Well, I think you're very astute in pointing out that it was, it's it been more than six days. And um, I think because of that, the timeline should be getting pretty close. Uh, you know, with spring practice about a month out now, I mean, I, I, I think that there is a sense of urgency a little bit to, to get the new coordinator in, start building playbooks, start getting players acclimated to the new plays, getting the coaching staff acclimated to the new plays. Um, So I'm expecting something relatively soon. Um, But, you know, the the, the one thing I will say is Mario, when it comes to these things, is very thorough. And I I know Josh Gaddis didn't work out, but, uh, you know, he really puts an enormous amount of time and effort into these coaching searches and and who's going to be on his staff. And uh, I don't think people should be consumed with the timeline or, you know, concerned about it at all. Uh, at the end of the day, his job is to go get the best guy that he can get. And you can't do that until you survey who's available. You do a representative number of interviews and you weigh guy against guy and try to come to the best decision.
0: One thing that I, I've noticed about this search, and I know you, you've covered many coaching searches over the years, so th- this one seems to be uh, held uh, especially close to the vest because there's been a lot of speculation on who the candidates might be. You know, I know, I know you and, and Matt Shodell and company probably do as much digging as you possibly can. I do as much digging as I possibly can. I, I don't feel like I, I really have the best sense for who's up for the job outside of there's obviously going to be names out there like people who are potentially available and have worked with Cristobal before. That's why names like Marcus Arroyo get brought up and and James Coley uh, get brought up. Uh, But do do you kind of get a sense? I know Jason Candle is becoming a hot name again, even though he is the head coach at Toledo right now, which could be a difficult situation to manage. But do you get a sense for who the actual candidates might be? And is there anybody you especially like here?
4: Uh, Well... I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no, just because I I think that people recycle all these names without really knowing that they're candidates, and I I, you know we try not to do that. I mean, you know, when Gaddis was dismissed, we had to put out a hot board, and of course it had all those characters that you mentioned, but uh, at that point you don't really know that they're really candidates, that they're really being interviewed. Um, So uh, I'm gonna say no to to that, Alex. You know, I, I I think that. If you're doing a good job when you're searching for a position that's this important, people do not know who you're talking to because there's other jobs that are open to these people. Like, you know, Alabama's looking for a coordinator. Uh, Other schools are looking for coordinators. Like Iowa's looking for a coordinator. There's a lot of schools out there that, potentially looking for coordinators, not to mention all the turnover in the national football league. So you're in competition for these people and, you know, you don't want people to know who you're talking to. And, and if that's not in your interest, if you're Mario Cristobal, so he keeps it very tight. He does most of the work himself, probably with his agents, who I'm sure are very actively involved. And uh, a lot of people do not know what he is doing, which is why you're not seeing leaks.
0: Uh, This is good stuff here. Gary Furman, publisher at canesport.com. You know, Gary, I was having a conversation earlier today with a recruiting analyst who, you know, who talks to a lot of the, uh, like the wide receiver targets out there. And of course, you know, Miami had some misses recruiting this year on like outside wide receivers. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, the passing game was not much of a factor last year for Miami. So it's kind of hard to impress some of these 2023 and now 2024 receiver targets. And so, um, How how important is this next hire, Gary? Because I mean, obviously, you know, not only do you want Miami to score a lot of points and win on the field, but you know what your offense looks like also, you know, dictates how recruiting is going to go. And we know recruiting is something Mario Cristobal is is obsessed with. So just how important is this next OC hire for the
2: Canes?
4: Oh, you're 100% spot on. It's extremely important in that regard. And I I think that the people out there that want to play the guessing game as to who might get the job um, would be very wise to take this element of it under consideration. Uh, The the next offensive coordinator at Miami must excite the fan base, and that person must excite the local high school skill player community. And – Yes, that's that's been a problem here for many many years. Uh, it was a problem this year. You had a few really good receivers that you would have liked to come uh, play for Miami that decided to to leave. And 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 Mario knows he's got to fix that. You got two elite guys this year up at Hollywood Shamanade that are must gets for Miami and are certainly going to be getting that level of, of attention uh, when this new offensive coordinator and new receivers coach are named. Uh, so. I don't think anyone's getting this offensive coordinator job for starters. If they don't have the capability of of running a system that is exciting and that generates big plays by the receiver position, uh, you know, people, I I've always felt falsely try to pigeonhole Mario into a Mario crystal ball offense. So it's boring. He just wants to run the ball, um, and, and be conservative. I, I, think that that's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, you know, Mario's not an offensive coordinator. Mario's a head coach, and he hires his coordinators. And he's had all different types of coordinators in the years that he's been a head coach. And he sees what's going on in college football. He sees the, the way people are scoring points in the game today. Uh, and he's going to look for a guy that can, that can incorporate both the running game and the passing game. I don't think you'll ever see him go so far as like a Rhett Lashley offense because, the Lashley offense, while it created plays and was exciting, it it didn't result in winning. Like, you know, right. they, they, you know, they still only won seven games. Mario's trying to win championships at Miami. And to win championships, you can't have an offense that's number 20 in the country because it puts up all kinds of stats and a defense that's number 120 in the country because it's on the field way too much. And, uh, and its, its weaknesses are more exposed and things like that. He's going to look to find the balance, um, but without question, this person, Alex, is going to have to be a guy that brings a passing game that can generate big plays and excitement
0: joined here by Gary Furman publisher at canesport.com yo know, Gary uh, yesterday was uh, late national signing day uh, it was pretty quiet all over the country uh, very quiet in Miami cuz all the work uh, was done uh, in through december uh, for Miami and recruiting they they didn't land any of their couple of kind of extra targets uh, yesterday but looking back on Miami's class of 2023 they finish with a, a top seven class, despite the fact that they're coming off a five and seven season. I find it to be remarkable. How do you grade uh, Mario Cristobal's class of
4: twenty twenty three? I'd say eight minus because there were guys exactly that they didn't it. get that that they that, we may have lost Gary Furman. And, Uh but if he were oh, here, I, I, I could still, he still hear you
5: say
0: that they get an A freaking plus. How about that? You get an A plus when you go Please. five and seven. And you still managed to get a top 10, top seven. I think one of the recruiting services may have even had them in the top five. How about them apples? Uh, so I, I don't know if we're going to be able to get Gary back or not, but I want to send I'm, I'm, I'm still thank here, thank Alex, you if you can hear me. I don't know joining us I don't know some, what happened. Spreading some of the offensive coordinator knowledge. Gary Furman, publisher at canesport.com. we got our guy, Dan Day, back in studio. And we are going to, uh, in a few minutes, we're going to talk some Miami hey, Alex, Dolphins can you hear me? with Daniel Oyafusi from the Miami Herald because – uh, according to Adam Schefter, Vic Fangio has – oh, get, get, did I hear something in the background? Gary, are you there?
4: Yeah, I'm here. I, oh, I, I, I never lost you. Oh, that, no, that's, that's not I problem. lost you. Yeah, so so I was saying, like, you know, I, I would have given it probably an A- minus because they did lose some guys that they tried very hard to get that they could have gotten. But at the same time, they also went out and got some really good football players uh, that – Miami has not been getting over the past many, many years. So uh, it certainly should be in the A category, uh, but I can't give it an, uh, an A or an A-plus just because there were more guys that they, that, especially from South Florida, that got, a, that got away. But uh, the thing I really liked is the balance that they struck between traditional recruiting and the transfer portal. Uh, if you look at the best teams in the country, they don't rely very heavily on the transfer portal. Uh, but Miami's in a little bit of a different spot here, trying to repair a broken-down roster situation. So you have to have some class balance. You have to bring in some older kids that can help you right away. And um, so I really like the balance that they struck between traditional recruiting and the transfer portal. I think they have significantly improved the roster. I think they moved out a bunch of guys that were not making contributions. And um, I think this will be a better football team in 2023 because of it.
0: Thank you so much, Gary Furman, publisher at Kane Sport. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, and, and hopefully uh, at some point we not only figure out who the offensive coordinator is, but hopefully they get the right man for the job. Gary, thank you so much.
4: All right, Alex, anytime.
0: Love it. So, d- Dan Day, what, what happened there when I couldn't hear Gary? Because so- somebody was texting in. He's like, uh, Gary is still on. This is hilarious. Love this chaos. Yeah,
3: I was in here talking to to people, and I was uh, joking around, and some ladies came by, and I didn't want you to hear what I was saying, and I forgot if I muted my microphone that it would actually mute him also for you, so I told everybody, go, 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 I gotta do business, so I put my mic back on, and uh, no one would have been the wiser, but uh, apparently it messed (laughs) everything up, so my bad, my bad
0: oh man so gary must have been freaked out it's like hold on well, why does you think i'm not there i'm there you yeah, kept oh, being like so... i'm
3: here I, don't, I never lost you i was like <laughs> everybody go everybody go
0: oh because I, I only heard my i only heard what i was saying so okay we 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 we, we learned things on the fly here on wqm we're going to talk some dolphins with daniel oyafusi from the miami herald when we come back uh vic fangio is in we will talk about it next year on am 560 sports wqam Alex Dotto in for Hawk and Crowder today. Let's go out to the Toyota of Hollywood hotline. Shop over 1,500 Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood. It's on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. So it's not only uh, Fangio apparently being like for real the D.C. this time. The Dolphins have also parted ways with offensive line coach Matt Applebaum. So it's been a very busy day. We wanted to bring on Daniel Oyafusi who covers the Miami Dolphins for the Miami Herald. Daniel, welcome to the show, sir. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. It's uh it's been a quiet day, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. So we'll we'll get to like how uh I'm sure your head was spinning when you go from Fangio to oh now the Apple Bomb thing. But let, let's start with with Vic Fangio. Uh I I think I I used up my Fangio celebration on Sunday like the first time that I thought he was going to be the defensive coordinator. Uh but what do you think, Daniel, has happened over the last few days? Like, has he actually been looking and talking to other teams or was there some miscommunication here? Like, how did we get to the point where on Sunday we thought he was in, then we thought maybe he wasn't in, and now Adam Schefter confirms today he's in?
1: Yeah, well, I think it was a little bit of, of multiple things. I think um, ultimately it was a lot of semantics and wording about where the negotiations stood um you know the NFL network first reported um last night they had agreed to terms i as well as several local reporters received confirmation as well and the way that it was reported in south florida was that they had agreed to terms to make big Bangio um the next defensive coordinator now the dolphins obviously did not and have not announced the hiring because you know, they, they didn't make it official in terms of signing the contract. Um, but obviously, later that Sunday, um, you know, some national reporters or Denver-based reporters came out to report that Vic Banjo said that nothing was fine or, like, the deal wasn't done. And again, I think that, that that was a bit of semantics. Like, of course, the deal is never done until you officially sign the contract. But obviously, um, you know, the Dolphins' lack of kind of, you know, uh, announcement of the deal um of the hiring kind of worried a lot of people a lot of fans down here in, in Miami um there definitely probably were some back channels you know he he is one of the most respected defensive minds in the NFL he had interviewed for the Panthers and the Falcons opening i believe um and there was at least one report that the the 49ers had interest in kind of bringing him back in that defensive coordinator role. So I'm sure that no doubt, um, given, you know, how high demand and, and demand he was, there may be worse in back channels and maybe um, there was a little bit of miscommunication in terms of that. But it was obvious. It was, it was very clear that the Dolphins believed that Vic Daniel, um was on board with joining um, the team as a defensive coordinator, there may have been a little bit of miscommunication. And obviously there was definitely some semantics because we all were aware that the hire wasn't official, um, but the Dolphins were very, very confident that they had come to terms and agreed that Vic D'Angelo was going to become their next coordinator.
0: It's a great hire from where I sit. I mean, his resume speaks for itself, uh, the great work he's done at a D.C. As a D.C., and I know, you know like when he was in Denver as a head coach, the defense was not the problem there. Uh, what's your expectation for... Not only what a Vic Fangio defense could look like in Miami, but also how you make that transition because Fangio does things very differently uh, when it comes to coverages and blitzes than what Josh Boyer was doing here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I gotta say, I mean, if, Whatever we saw the last four years under Brian Flores and Josh Boyer, I mean, this is going to be a complete 180. Um, you know, over the past four years, this has been a defense that really relied on a lot of blitzing, a lot of cover zero, a lot of man covers, kind of putting Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, other cornerbacks on an island, whereas Vic Banjo likes to kind of sit in these uh, these zone coverage shells um, that kind of limit the big plays, that hope to limit the big passing plays. A lot of disguising of the coverage pre- and post-snap to really confuse quarterbacks um, and, you know, doing interesting stuff with the defensive fronts to stop um, a lot of some of these wide zone and outside zone uh, rushing plays that we've seen the Dolphins do last year and that have kind of uh, branched out in- across the NFL because of the the Shanahan uh, tree. It- it's interesting how they're going to kind of make it work because I think they definitely have a lot of the pieces um, you know, in place right now. I think that on um, the defensive front, I mean, that's... I mean that that's that's a great place to start. Whether it's Bradley Chubb who Bangio coached back in Denver, uh Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins next I mean they they've got the guys up front to make it work. I think it's really um the back the back seven, so to speak, where they're really gonna have to kinda assign some guys, bring some guys in and kinda be really creative. Um, you know, the the Dolphins entire inside linebacker core outside of Jerome Baker and Channing Tyndall are, are about to be created. And so I think we could see some turnover in terms of getting some guys who can not only play the run, but have athleticism to really get back um, in, in zone depths and make plays um, in the past. Obviously, uh, the secondary needs to be addressed. We don't know um, where Byron Jones stands with the team, but cornerback uh, was definitely a, a weak spot of that uh, of that defense and a spot that really was afflicted with injuries. Um, getting Nick Needham back would be great. And you have Keter Coe who with, with X, you know, he said that you're going to see a better version of him. I think that this scheme is actually going to put him in a better spot. He is getting a little older. He has dealt with some injuries. Um, so I think that being in a position where he doesn't have to, like, be on an island and lock a guy up, you know, 30 plays, um, but he can kind of, you know, be in a position where he can see the quarterback and react. I think that's going to be uh, really beneficial for him. And then uh, I, I, I'm really excited about what he can do with Javon Holland. You know, Justin Simmons in Denver uh, had an all-pro season uh, with Dick Fangio. And I think that we're going to see more of the rookie year Javon Holland where he was everywhere on the field. He didn't do that as much. In twenty uh, twenty two, no, or, or, excuse me, twenty twenty one or excuse twenty twenty two, he had to, you know, play deep safety a lot and really just roam the back end. But I think that uh, with the kind of disguises that we see from Banjo, we're going to see Jamar Holland make a lot of plays all over the field. Um, so very excited, you know, they had the pieces in place, um, but yeah, I mean, they're going to have to make some moves in free agency, the draft, bring some guys in to really uh, have that vision come to life.
0: Very well said here uh, from Daniel Oyafusi, who covers the Miami Dolphins uh, for the Miami Herald. So, okay, let's move on to the offensive side of the football. Uh, You cover the team more closely than I do. Were you surprised about the Matt Applebaum news today that he's out as offensive line coach? Because I was surprised by that.
1: I was very surprised. I was in the middle of a workout. I I was kind of scrolling Twitter because you always got to keep an eye on the news, and I I come across that. Um, Yeah, it was definitely a surprise. Um, You know, I think that we all assumed and we expected that most of the turnover was going to be on the deep to the side, maybe special teams, uh, when we have seen that so far. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously Matt Applebaum was a member of, uh, you know, McDaniel's inaugural staff, you know, he redid that whole uh, offensive coaching staff, and that was one of kind of like their big hires. He had a reputation for uh, really coaching guys up in college, and they were very excited about what, um, you know, what he was going to do in the, uh, in the NFL. Obviously, it was kind of a tough year to grade for the offensive line because they just dealt with so many injuries. Obviously, Teron Armstead and Connor Williams were really good veteran additions. And we continue to see good stuff from Robert hunt, but the two guys who we were looking really looking to take that next step, Austin Jackson and liam Eichenberg, they dealt with a lot of injuries and they really didn't play the majority of the season, so it was kind of tough to really uh you know to really gauge their development um you know I, I'm sure we'll probably hear more about what led to this to decision. It's already been reported that they're uh you know have already started interviewing other guys i mean it, it's clear that you know in his second year, going into a second year, McDaniel kinda definitely has more leeway, um, to make changes and to really give his input given the strides that he's able to make on offense. So if uh I, I had thought that Matt Applebaum did a pretty good job given the circumstances. Um Frank Smith, the offensive coordinator, has also really taken a big role um in that first season coaching up the offensive line. So uh you know, it is inter- it was an interesting and surprising move. Um but, you know, I think McDaniel definitely has a vision and in his going into a second season as head coach i think he's really getting the latitude to bring in the guys um who he thinks can bring the most out of these players
0: now the, the other dolphins news that's come out within the last 24 hours is uh tua uh, has you know, officially cleared concussion protocol now i know you know he his last concussion was suffered on on christmas but since the season has ended i don't know how rigorously he was going through the protocol but he's apparently finally cleared that i mean Daniel, I'd love I'd love your just opinion on like, because obviously when when Tua plays and he's healthy, he looked fantastic in this offense. But how concerned are you about the idea that, you know, it seems like the Dolphins are, you know, they're they're hitching their wagon to a guy who has had concussion concerns and injury concerns over the past five years. How delicate of a situation is this in terms of the Dolphins future at the quarterback position?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the perfect way to put it. They are hitching their wagons to tour for better or for worse. Um, you know, when Tua was in the lineup this season, the Dolphins were one of the, if not the best offense. I mean, I'm, that's not hyperbole. I mean, you can look at, you know, a lot of um, advanced metrics and even basic metrics when Tua was in the lineup. I mean, they were a top five, top three offense in the NFL. Um, when he wasn't, whether it was Scholar, whether it was Teddy, they were a, you know, bottom 10, bottom five offense. Um, so he he is he is that important you know I know he's a very divisive player a very, very polarizing player but he is that important to the offense there's no uh, doubt about it um you know we we spoke to Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer in their uh, end of season news conference right after, after they were eliminated and their season ended and uh you know they said they have no concerns about concussions. They said that they were told by doctors that he's not necessarily more prone to concussions. And, um, you know, at the Herald. I know my coworker Barry Jackson reported, um, you know, a lot of stories where he talked to neurologists that agreed with that. They said that, you know, if he's given the proper amount of time to recover, which it seems he was this time that there there isn't necessarily, um, you know, a more prone, he's not, not necessarily more prone to the concussions, but regardless, I mean, this is another injury that's popped up. You know, he had some injury concerns before entering the NFL He's missed about 10 or so games, uh, you know, in the past two seasons now because of injuries. Um, it, it, it is something to be concerned about because it's not just concussions. It's about injuries, just the fact that something always pops up. And now you have head injuries, which is very, very serious and very delicate. Um, you know, by all accounts, he's going to be the starter in 2023. Um, and, you know, they're going to continue to build around him. It's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, with this fifth-year option if they try to – you know, negotiate a contract extension. I'm, I'm not sure. Chris Beer obviously didn't disclose anything, but he said everything's on the table. Um, but there's no doubt that you know that there's a delicateness to to uh, like because when he's in the lineup, the Dolphins were one of the better teams in the NFL. When he was out of it, they were really, really struggled. Um, and you know, if you can't count on your quarterback, to, quarterback to stay on the field, I mean, what what good is he as a player? So
0: there you have it, uh, Fangio in, Applebaum out, and Tua cleared from protocol, and excellent work here from Daniel Oyafusi, who does an awesome job, beat writer uh, for the Miami Dolphins, for the Miami Hero. Daniel, thank you so much, man, and hopefully uh, they keep giving you stuff to write about. <laughs> we'll talk to you later.
1: Oh, so awesome I'm sure. <laughs> but thank you. You take care.
0: Got it. Good stuff there. All right, so got a big 3 o'clock hour coming up. Can you get some headlines and day spa from Dan Day. Keep it locked right here. Hawk and Crowder Show, AM 560 Sports, WQAM. This is the Hawk and Crowder Show.
1: I hate brunch. You're just going to grab something to eat because it's early lunch, late breakfast. Just go grab food. Hawk and Crowder.